May the 4th is the day Star Wars nerds rejoice. May the 4th be with you in pop culture is the holiday fans of Star Wars celebrate the impact the galaxy far, far away has had on so many of us. At the core of the hero's journey, reimagined is the phrase first spoken by Obi-Wan. May the force be with you. Hearing this phrase for the first time is a bit cheesy, but once you dig deeper and have a broader understanding of the context, it connects you to an in-group. Think about it this way. A phrase has now morphed into a play on words to be celebrated on a day. All started from a film. Now let's rewind time and go back to the 1970s before George Lucas or anyone had any idea what Star Wars would become. George was a budding filmmaking student at USC. His father didn't have high hopes for his son's future as a filmmaker. George Lucas's early career was a director for Universal Studios and was working on American Graffiti. During this time, he was already dreaming of Star Wars. With the first draft, he was having a hard time getting studios interested, but finally found Alan Ledd Jr. and a $7 million budget to get the film off the ground. Lucas was a visionary ahead of his time, but also looking back to what stories resonated. He based Star Wars on the hero's journey, which was popularized by Joseph Campbell. The visionary aspect of Lucas was in special effects. He wanted to make robotic cameras to film spaceships without wires to make them look realistic. And he also pioneered the first CGI technology. Star Wars is also called a space opera, and that was another aspect of the film that brought the magic of the experience to life. Enter John Williams, now legendary composer, but at that time had just finished music on Jaws. But at this point in the story is where any creator is tested. George has had a tough time finding a cast, in particular the role of Han Solo, now the quintessential space cowboy. They had now many famous actors, from Sylvester Stallone to Christopher Walken auditioned for the role. But George knew who fit the part, Harrison Ford, who he had worked with on American Graffiti. But since then, Ford had stepped away from acting to be a carpenter. George convinced Harrison to visit the set to fix some doors, but then was ambushed into a casting audition. With the cast in place, now the real work begins, filming. The speed bumps continue to plague production from robot malfunctions to weather delays but the worst for George Lucas was yet to come. Throughout this time, George is still refining the script and wrestling with plot decisions. Luke Starkiller becomes Luke Skywalker. The twist in the storyline is Darth Vader killing Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was played by Alec Guinness and who was the most well-known actor from the cast and was promised 2% of the film's profits. And somehow George was able to avert a crisis by explaining why this change helped the story. At this point, it's a race against the clock to get Star Wars finished. In a last-ditch effort, George called for a vote for the union crew to rally, but the vote didn't go through. The stress of the job was starting to take a toll on his health, and Marshall Lucas would be a saving grace for the film. The original edit had no soul. George called his wife to help bring the film around. With the revision completed, next was the score with John Williams. And as each song was reviewed, they see the film come to life. And even with placeholders, to be filled in with CGI later. Stress for filming continues to build. With only 1% of the CGI shots completed by ILM, George rushes to the hospital with a stress-induced anxiety attack. The doctor recommends some time off, but knowing that the entire film will fall apart if he leaves, even for a day, George has to keep going. With crunch time upon him, George becomes stern and overbearing, needing results to complete the film. The film now has crept $2 million 
over budget. In the spring of 1977, the Lucases invite all their friends over for a private screening of the film, but without special effects or music. The film was more terrible than ever. Even George's good friend, Steven Spielberg, didn't know what to say. The Fox executives agreed it would be a very entertaining kids movie. But at that point, that's a nice way of saying it wasn't what they'd hoped it would be. Afterward, George heads to dinner with his friends and finally works up the courage to ask for honest feedback. The only person who believed in the essence of the story was Steven Spielberg, who vouched for the music and the mission shots to bring it all together. One of the cherries on top that brought the whole film together was the London Symphony Orchestra playing the score live. George is so excited, he calls Steven Spielberg, who recommended John Williams, and the long-distance call would later cost the studio nearly $600. After countless setbacks and no good news, there was a shining star that brought George's spirit back. Once he gets back to California, he receives a call from Land Jr. at Fox. But again, not good news. Local theaters are hesitant to pick up the film, only about 30. The film was expected to release on Memorial Day weekend, but given the long weekend, they thought releasing it a few days earlier would boost interest. At this point, nobody has any hope for a blockbuster with Star Wars. George calls Spielberg to take a vacation to Hawaii to avoid the bad news. George needed an escape from the galaxy far, far away that he had brought into the world, but the Force had a different plan. Wednesday, May 25th, 1977 is the release day of Star Wars. It's just before Memorial Day weekend, and everyone is hoping for word of mouth will help the film spread over the long weekend. George is second-guessing himself at every step of the way. $11 million later, and what has it amounted to? A really expensive child's movie? Before escaping Hawaii, George and his wife grab a greasy burger. They notice traffic is backing up down the street since they are near the historic Chinese theater. What they realized was that people were lining up to see Star Wars. Still feeling down, George is unaware of what is to come. George and Steven are on a beach in Hawaii, blissfully unaware of Star Wars' impact. Both of them need a break from the worlds they've built, but they can't keep their creativity from coming up with new stories. The seeds of what would become Indiana Jones are planted. But while there, George sees a news report from the Star Wars phenomenon, and it's called every night as more theaters pick up the film. Star Wars becomes a blockbuster from 32 screens and expands to over 1,700. The film would play continuously for more than a year. And with that, we conclude the origin story of Star Wars. I'd like to make some acknowledgements here for those who'd like to dig a little bit deeper. This is a summary of the creation story of Star Wars that is based on the podcast Blockbuster Season 1. The scripted podcast covers the stories of both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. And for this article, I focused on George's story. I could not have written this without the incredible work they put in to bring that story to life. As someone whose life has deep roots in the phenomenon that is Star Wars, I wanted to dig a bit deeper into how Star Wars was brought into this world. So a special thanks to George Lucas and the entire creative team behind the galaxy far, far away. I've always been drawn to understanding of how creators manage to create the very thing that changes the world. But as with any great, George Lucas was not alone in his supporting cast. He had titans in their own right. 
from friend and fellow visionary Steven Spielberg, composer John Williams, and even Marshall Lucas, all stepped in and played important roles into breathing life into Star Wars. Star Wars became something much bigger than anyone had ever anticipated. And now here we are, with 44 years of Star Wars and no end in sight. Star Wars may just be a story, but how many people has it inspired in countless fields? From filmmakers and engineers and astronauts and everything in between. Whatever the galaxy far, far away inspires you to do, take it and run with it. I have to thank my dad for introducing his sons to Star Wars. My dad showed us the magic of Star Wars. And still to this day, I share a special bond with him through Star Wars. If you wanted a small glimpse of Star Wars' impact on my dad at a creative level, you can find that at the Star Wars Room on Instagram. And we do have a website in progress so that I can share my dad's quiet passion with the world. So with that, may the force or may the fourth be with you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. And I really just want to make this podcast the best podcast you listen to. Meaning, if there's anything that you really enjoyed or any feedback for us, I would love for you to reach out on the social medias. You can find Feeding Curiosity across LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram in the usual places just by searching Feeding Curiosity. You can also send us an email or a message through the website. You can also support the work that we're doing here, including the podcast and all other content that we produce at Feeding Curiosity by either going to anchor.fm slash feeding curiosity slash support, or you can head over to the website and hit the support button and support us directly there as well. By supporting the podcast, you effectively keep us from having to deal with sponsorship and keeping the relationship that me and you, the listener, have as honest and open as possible. As for me, I take the idea of selling products and or sponsoring products very, very serious. Honestly, I just want to provide access to information to as many people as possible with as little of a barrier of entry as possible. At the very least, if you want to do anything to support the podcast, leave a review on the platform of choosing to subscribe, like, rate it, all of that. It helps out a ton. Again, thank you all for listening, and I hope you join in on the next episode.